You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to make a much bigger impact in the world with their message whilst also build a profitable and scalable business. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says every minute you spend with a customer is a minute that your competition isn't. And joining me on today's show is Gary Hernbroth. Now, Gary, he is a transformative and an in-demand professional speaker and business trainer and coach, inspiring audiences via virtual and in-person customized programs. Now, he's known for his straightforward, pulls no punches approach to helping organizations, teams, and individuals kick up their game in the area of sales, leadership, customer care, personal branding, and teamwork synergies, all very important. Now, on today's show, Gary's going to share how we can discover five immediately useful takeaways for leading our teams and managing processes in this reawakening economy. We're also going to learn how to gain keys on the importance of training in this worker shortage times, as well as how to build on the leadership skills that we have without being entrenched in the past. All very important topics for a day as today, a time as today. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here today. Gosh, if we had have gone back two, maybe three years, I'm sure that individually across the world, business leaders would not have even predicted that we would find ourselves in a situation where we are today. And I think they say, you know, that saying change um, continues to come more and more rapidly and business leaders around the globe have had to embrace new technologies to be able to lead team, to be able to deliver services and products, to be able to speak and share their message far greater. And I think there's about six years worth of change all rammed into a shorter period of time. So I'm glad we're going to be talking to you today because I know that you're drawing from a lot of your expertise and really sharing, you know, how do we move forward? What's uh, what's the best way to navigate through this? So I'm just going to dive in and ask you to share uh, what are these five immediately useful takeaways for leading teams and managing processes in this reawakening economy? Well, thanks, Anne-Marie, and you're, you're so right. Um, I, I refer to it as, in, in a way, the meteor hit, hit the earth, okay? The meteor hit the earth back in early of uh, early spring, first quarter of 2020, and um, in, in some cases, a lot of the meteor is still here. You know, we're always changing, and you know, change is constant. I mean, there, there's, there's, uh, that, that's the oldest adage in the book. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I, I'm like all the other business folks probably out there. I had a, a, a game plan for 2020. It looked very strong. In fact, I did quite a lot of traveling in the first quarter of 2020. Um, we were hearing something was off, the, off on the on the uh, another continent and uh, maybe you know it was there and it wasn't here yet and so a lot of business is going in and all of a sudden boom the bottom drops out so as a business person um you know you're not ready for that you're not prepared for that there's really no playbook for that right i mean i have a i have a business degree i, I majored in, in hospitality management at michigan state university but certainly nothing back then prepared me for this now as it as it didn't for anybody else either so 
where's the playbook for that? Where do you go for that? So I, I worked through as best I could my own um, uh, shredded business schedule, if you will, and uh, talked to you know many, many clients. I did programs like this and, and you know, they were, they were searching for answers and whatnot. So I started to cobble together some commonalities mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and in, in not only successes, but also how people were failing and what they were failing at trying to help them. And I did come up with five, uh, what I call kind of leadership keys for kind of an evolving picture, uh, mm-hmm. understanding that it's a very flexible playbook, right? Uh, maybe we used to print a playbook and, and, and at least we did back in, in my day too, uh, you know, you'd get, go get it spiral bound and it was your, your, the Bible you followed all year long and this and that, and it was very rigid and not anymore. I think we're printing playbooks in jelly yeah, because you, you have to have some change, but that doesn't mean that you just allow events to take you over, right? Because a good leader, uh, you know, a good, great leader, let me say, has to find a way to, you know, of course, they're, they're, they're part of a firefighter, right? You've got to put out the fire that's immediately in front of you, whether it's on your team, your business, with your customers, in your economy, whatever industry you're in. You've got to have some firefighting skills. But if that's all you ever do, then that's all you're ever going to do is chase chase the next fire. And that's yeah. not leading. That's reacting. So how, how do you th- – th- that's a fine line. Um, I don't have all the magic beans about that. I don't think anybody does, but I do know that you have to you have to flip that key and get into to proactive leading and thinking about and planning things. You can't just be a firefighter, and 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 it, it's important. So um, you know the five the five keys that I came up with. I'll be glad to talk about with uh, you here today for for listeners to, to dive in. And before you dive into those five key points, I mean, you've, you've set this conversation up beautifully in that as leaders, we have to find a way to navigate through being open to shift and pivot. And one of the things that have become apparent for all the hundreds of interviews, even thousands of interviews that I've done over the last you know number of years, is right. as leaders, we often have this misassumption that we have to know everything and we don't. And so being able to say to our team, Look, many of us are navigating through this as we're going along. So create an environment in which they feel safe enough to come up with ideas because the the one idea that someone shares as a leader, if you can navigate and help them expand on that, may just be the idea that kind of navigates through that. So, And being able to to know when to decision make, when to allow that. And um, so I think these five keys are going to be incredibly helpful. What's the first one, Gary? Well, the first one, the, the entire premise, let me set the table beautifully on what you just said okay because leadership uh you know some people seek leadership they're they're driven by by becoming a leader some people want to be called a leader without really having to get to get in there and do it they just want the title or whatever and you know i've always looked at it this way Anne marie leadership is not a title or a rank leadership is a way of operating Right. I mean, you could be you could be in the first grade in elementary school and they give you a a, a four or five kids to put together a science project and you get a leader to evolve out of that. Now, they didn't go to any formal leadership school or whatever, but it's kind of thrust upon them. So uh, I I really believe it's in someone's DNA to lead. So it's it's more uh, it's for me, it's never a rank. It's never your title. It's how you operate. It's how you roll. Uh, The first one is to, to clearly communicate the mission. I, I mean, you know, what gets measured gets done and what gets understood gets done quicker and better. So if you don't communicate the mission, 
Um, you're going to have uh, everybody, you know, you're going to have different parts of your, your business, all cattywampus, maybe trying to think that they're doing it the right way. Then you've got to stop and pull people in. So without communication, I, I just did a seminar in Fort Worth this week, and we, we spent a lot of time talking about communication. So we were communicating about communication, and it's usually the root of a lot of success, but it sure is the root of a lot of evil, right, when you don't have it or you have poor communication. So you've got to, you've got to clearly communicate that mission, and, and a good leader is going to make sure that the, the folks that, are, that are, are, are leading the teams underneath that, that leadership model and, and our leaders on the next level, they understand it. So it's one thing for me to communicate it to you, okay? I say the sentence or I write the memo or, you know, whatever, and I feel good about that because, oh, I've made it so clear and everyone understands it. There's no guarantee that they do. You know, I used to do a little test where I have, you know, many people read the same memo, and I'll guarantee you I had several dozen takeaways from there. You know, and I, and, I, and we test that, you know, so that works. So get that going. That sets every other wheel in motion when you've got that, that strong communication. The second one is, okay, now what do we do? We prioritize. What's job one? I can understand the mission that, 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 that the leader or the, or the business entrepreneur or the boss gives me. But if I don't understand what my job one is, understanding it is only half the game, right? So you've got to prioritize because you can't do everything all at once. You know, I'd like someone to tell me what multitasking really means. Because in, to, a, to a business owner, you know, does it mean that you can be on two phone calls at once? Does it mean that you can be sitting with an employee and trying to coach them and, and, and you're, you're, you're texting at the same time? Does it mean that you're with two customers at the same time having the same, the same lunch? You know, uh, you, you quoted, you, you used one of my quotes at the top of your show. And it, it really is, is something I've been saying for years. You know, every minute that I spend with a customer, whether it's on the phone, in person, you know, dialoguing somehow is a minute that those folks out there trying to get their business aren't spending with them, right? And so I figure use that time wisely. So, you know, prioritize what, what is your priority? Is it getting your business in order? Is it getting your customers in order? But without priorities, again, everything goes this way. And sideways, and then you're counterproductive. And you can have some very good people underneath you that are frozen into into inaction or or with such rigidity because they haven't been given the rules of engagement. So mm -hmm. the, you know, the leader has to give those rules of engagement. The third one is gather your necessary resources. Um, the the you know a, a good leader is responsible for really three things, Anne Marie: the ways, the means, and the end. And the ways and the means, you know, the 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 end is, is you know, sometimes almost the easiest one. Hey, there's our goal. That's the end. Here's where we're going to want to be. Here's our, this is our true north, okay? So that's, that's easier to define. The, the, the um, means is, you know, what are we going to do? Well, you know, the resources that we're going to need to do that. So, you know, the, the um, uh, oh, the resources we may have to get, you know, do we need money? Uh, you know, do we need more people? You know, everybody needs more people today. I mean, boy, just coming back from a trip to to um, to another part of the uh, the country in business this week, uh, everything is well. We don't have the we don't have the, the the labor. We can't be open certain hours. We can't deliver this. We can't. You know, entire cities, the restaurants close at nine because they don't they can't stay open any further. That that cramps your style. But the, the 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 number one, I think, the number one resource that a manager or a leader of people or a leader of a team uh, can really manage. And this isn't often thought of. It's kind of a tricky concept. It's time. 
Yes. It's time. Leaders are always out doing things. You know, they're 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 doing the things I'm talking about. But when you think about it, we've you know we we're responsible for the ways, the end, and the means of what we're trying to do. But on top of that, we've only got a limited amount of time. Customers will only be interested in us for a certain amount of time. They only have a certain amount of time because maybe their customers are pushing them. So a, a great leader is one who can marshal his or her resources. And when I say gather the resources, you know, what's the most important thing for us? So these all flow together, right? So we're communicating the mission. I'll just quick review, review. What are we, what are we trying to accomplish? What's our true North? What's the priority? Let's set the priorities and get everybody, you know, let's define roles, goals, uh, responsibilities, guidelines, limitations, if, if you will. But then Let's manage our resources properly. And one of them has got to be time because you can be on top of a lot of things, but if you let time slip, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. End game. Uh, leaders also, uh, point number four, show confidence and courage. People today, uh, some of them are, you know, they're shell-shocked, right? Because they're coming back. In, in some cases, they're coming back to the job that they left over a year ago, and it doesn't look the same. Yeah. Nothing looks the same, right? Uh, they could be the last person standing from a team that was 15, 20, 25, 35, 40 people. They're gone. And now you're a true survivor. You're like, well, what do I do now? A year and a half ago, I had to pull rabbits out of my hat with 30 people. Now I've got to pull bigger rabbits out of my hat. I've got me or two or three of us or four, you know, whatever. Um, so show confidence and courage by, by first of all, you're going to have to allow, allow mistakes to happen. And this is not new from COVID. Um, you know, a, a good leader always allows mistakes to happen because to me, uh, I would go back to my coaching days. It always told me that the kid was trying, right? They were at least trying and they didn't do it right. So we, we, we stopped the action, had a coaching moment, showed them how to do it, redirect them, give them some chances to practice again so they could fix it. But they're at least trying. So you, you can't, you know, you, you have to manage that, that, that situation too. But confidence and courage is this, the time that we're in right now, everyone's jittery, right? Vaccines and shutdowns and what do I do? And, and, our, and our customers are nervous too. So if we make decisions now, all eyes and ears are watching us as leaders. We've got to make good decisions. And, and in some ways, we've got to be very, 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 very good salespeople. That's not usually a quality that's talked about in leadership management or anything like that. But I talk about it because I've spent part of my career as a leader and a manager and part of my career in sales. And I know that the two go hand in hand. And I, I asked a group of people yesterday that sales is not on their job description. They, are, they have no title of sales. And I said, how many people in this room are a salesperson? No hands went up. And yet I showed them how in their own way they're selling every day. I said, is anyone here? convinced another employee or their boss to do something or move X to Y. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Okay, you were persuasive. Oh, yes, I presented a case. I had a good idea. And now we're doing it this way. Aha, you were selling. You were selling your your idea. You're on the front line. You saw some kind of hocus pocus thing and you thought, well, this doesn't work. Maybe we, there's a better way to do it. You know, we did it this way before COVID, but now things have changed. So maybe we could do it this way. You're selling. You're selling your idea. So you're in sales. So it's it's very they, they run very, very similar. And I always I, I, I always told leaders and managers this when I'm when I'm coaching them, and I still do, and I'm going to continue to do it. The last thing that you should be in is a popularity contest. You know, this is not high school, you're not running for student council or 
you know, prom king or queen or something like that. You're not going to please everyone all the time. And yes. great, great leaders, right? You, you probably know this. And I'm sure you've had some on your show before. You're not going, first of all, you're not going to get it all right anyway. Nobody yes. makes all the decisions, right? So admit your own ego and go, okay, you know, but, but you're still, even when you make tough decisions to show that courage and confidence that I mentioned earlier with point four, you're not going to please everybody. And no one says you have to, right? That's it's just, it's just not going to happen. It's not real world. I, I, I don't know if you have children or you know, people out there who have children, but you know, you can't certainly manage you know, more than one child the same way, right? And have the same effect. They're all so different. Okay. And then the last point is consistency. You, a leader has to be consistent. I go back to a quote from the writer Rudyard Kipling, and I found this quote and it, 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 years ago, and it just kind of hit me, it, and, I, and I'll read it for you. It says, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And I think, wow, what about that, right? Because every leader has a peanut gallery somewhere. And by that, I mean, you know, peanut gallery. Everybody. Yeah. In there, oh, we should have done that. Oh, didn't we know this? And why can't we be doing that? Well, then they're thrust into some kind of supervisory leadership. They find out it's not so easy. But everyone likes to complain when they're not the leader. I like this quote because leaders, you know, they, they may not always make a decision that I like or that personally is, is, is my comfort zone or what have you. But in these times, if a leader is at least consistent, you know, if they hold people accountable you know, uh, things like accountability is a huge issue today. We might get into that later, later if we have time. But those are the five things right there that if you're, if you're a leader that, that manages your resources, communicates them the mission clearly, prioritizes things, stays on task, show that confidence and courage, and then be consistent, you're going to be ahead of the game. Because as I mentioned before, you've got new, new faces in new places doing things differently. Oh, by the way, with different customers and their different buying habits. So yeah. while we don't throw everything away pre-COVID, we take the good things that we were doing that I think really are the root things and things I'm talking about really did apply. You know, they applied then, too. But maybe we do them a little differently now. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of fight that urge that some people say, oh, COVID changed everything. Well, it changed a lot of things. Yeah. But it didn't change everything. And, and I think I, I hope the audience is going to take away today that the things I'm talking about today are good fundamental things that will never go out of style. Good economy. Oh, absolutely. Economy. No matter what's going on, that that's right. And, I mean, as you're sharing those, um, those key key points there and I, I agree with all of them I mean you would imagine that a leader that even though they may not agree with something or put an idea forward that you might have suggested if there's a level of respect that you have with your leader and as you know if they do work with integrity and all of the things that you mentioned and, and consistency and the stability you have confidence in that leader I think there's trust that even though that they may not agree with you um as an employee, you can get behind that that person. I think that's really important as a as a leader to be able to have that consistency. And it even, you know, if I think of a, a time as an example, even with my husband, there may be um, some times where he's not sure of something, but he has this stoic manner and you know manner about him, and and that infuses that trust in me that I'm gonna I'm gonna go in that direction because you know, and and we always kind of see that through. And I think as leaders 
we need to balance that. And I love all of those five things. The communication, I think, that you started at, with at the beginning, whilst all of these are very important uh, and, and together, collectively, they're all important. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even if we're not able to communicate and do all of the other things, if we can't communicate that vision and can't communicate and an influence, if we will, uh, it's going to be very difficult no matter how good our idea is if people aren't understanding us. So the, it always goes back to communication. And it doesn't matter what challenge that we're in, how many team members that we have, whatever. Communication is key, isn't it? Well, it, it really is. And, it, you know, it was, Let's face it today. I mean, this is my opinion, but you know, and, and you, you'll have yours and the viewers will have theirs. But um, I think we're all getting our feelings hurt a little bit too much these days. Uh, you know, to me, a, a leader, right? Well, sure. I, I could say that I'm wearing a, a you know, a, a blue shirt today and, uh, and and something else. And oh, it's a, you know, what, what's wrong with a, a brown shirt or a green shirt or a yellow shirt or what? You know, I don't know what it. You can't keep you can't keep up with that. Yeah. But a good leader is solid because although, and I need and I need to I need to kind of be mature myself as someone who who is talking to a leader. Um, if if I may not like everything that leader says. Mm. So, but I need to be mature about it. That okay, I may not like everything they say, but at least I know where they're coming from, yes. and they and what they stand for. I mean, you know, Emory, a leader that makes tough calls and is in tough positions a lot and makes tough calls. I may not agree with all their calls, but I need to be mature enough as as you know, one of the staff or frontline person or mid manager or whatever. I need to be mature enough to understand that you know what it is tough at the top, and. Yeah. They're not always going to please me, but it can't always be about me. And I have to say, well, you know what? They were in a tough position. Uh, okay, something they did something, and maybe that was my friendly coworker that I really liked. But you know what? They were out of line, and the leader had to reel them back in, and they had to make a tough call. You know, that's that's the thing about about leadership is it's always easier when you're not doing it right. And and I, I call it. it it's kind of like uh, it's a term that I that I put in an article recently called shifting sand leadership. And I know that you and I traded some emails about that concept. And um, I, I assume you've been to the ocean. You've you've walked yeah. the ocean to the shore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all like to walk the ocean and and get our you know get our ankles wet and go, what do whatever we do surf body surf or maybe just look at the ocean. But when you walk in the ocean, and you start to go in maybe a couple feet. Have you ever ha- have you ever let the sand just kind of swallow in and take your feet maybe up to the ankles okay and you say oh that feels good and oh this is nice i'm I'm on solid ground right and then what happens when a little a wave comes in right and that wave hits your feet and everybody's oh it's cold it's cold but what happens after that wave passes and then starts to draw back into the ocean what happens with that sand sand with it doesn't it It right all of a sudden now your ankles have no more sand around them your toes you know you can feel yourself losing grip in that in that pull you know uh uh, riptide or whatever you want to call it but that that wave starts to pull back And and a good leader has to make sure that they're ready for that moment because yeah. it is so easy to manage when the sun's out every day and everything's perfect and sales are ringing and you're literally, you have your hands under the faucet to catch all the water from the, the, the revenue stream that you have. You can't catch it all. Employees are happy. Everything's great. That's that's easier to manage. But on mm-hmm. the cloudy, dark, stormy days, when you've got that, that sand shifting away from your feet and your toes and you're no longer on solid ground, that's when a leader really earns their pay. And they've got to be ready 
to not just enjoy, oh, this feels good. This is great. This is, I'm, I'm on solid ground. I want to work for a leader and, and watch their true grit when that sand starts to go back in the ocean. It's like, oh, now what are we going to do, boss? What are we going to do? You know, do I work for an organization where the leader is going to say, okay, no one likes what we're going through, but we have some core strengths that we do. The fundamentals I mentioned earlier. You know, not a flavor of the month club. Leadership cannot be a flavor of the month club. But we have these core principles in leadership, communication, all the things that we mentioned that I'm, I'm going to stand behind that leader or with that leader. And, and we're going to fight it because that's going to even it out. You know, the businesses that fail, sometimes it, it, it it's not their fault. I mean, they were in maybe in the business that ran its course or they got trampled down by their competition or whatever. But oftentimes, Anne-Marie, I feel like it's it, it was eaten from the inside out. Yeah. Right. And they didn't have these these core principles that I've been talking about today. Um, there, there's a couple I'd like to share if you let me share with the audience in terms of being a small business owner. Absolutely. Go ahead. One, one of them is make everyone in your organization a salesperson. OK, uh, now I, I'm not a fan of bumper stickers. So this is why this is more than a bumper sticker, because of the thing I mentioned earlier. If you've got people who are front, you know, front facing the customer, you know, mm-hmm. Make them a salesperson and, and, and not all that in your face selling like, OK, well, you ready to buy? You want one of these? I got three. Of them. Here's here's a pen, a, a marker and a, and a pencil. Which one would you like? That's not the kind of selling I'm talking about. But they should be front facing the customer with the idea that let's give the customer what they want and let's put them in the in the driver's seat and, and, and send them home with something they really need, you know, that really want. So everyone in the, in the organization should be a salesperson and think like that, whether it's internal or externally. I want even I want even the people in accounting up on third floor to be thinking like salespeople. Because if we're front facing that and that's remember I mentioned True North earlier. If our True North is all about keeping and 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 and, and getting customers, that's going to work. So I believe the two missions of any business, whether you're a sports team, you make bicycles, you make donuts, doesn't matter to me. Your two key missions and leaders out there please get this the acquisition and retention of customers Mm -hmm. and everything else falls after that. Everything else, the acquisition and retention of customers. And I'm really passionate about that. If you don't, if you don't attain, if you don't get enough customers, game over, right? It's all, Mm -hmm. if you don't retain the customers you have, it's also game over. It just takes a little longer. Right. Uh, The second thing is the, the silos, you know, a good leader recognizes when silos start to go up in the organization. You got to shatter those silos. You can't have departments that don't talk to each other or people that don't talk to each other. They don't communicate. They don't do anything. The, the silos are not a good thing. Okay. Um, and then I like to, I like to challenge folks, whether it's the leader or the person, you know, far removed from the leader on the, on the, on the, on the chart somewhere. How have I helped my customers my team or organization and myself move forward in some way today, some little way today. And, and you know, you don't always have to think about the, the big, huge strides, right? Oh, I, I may, I, you know, I'm not in a position, I, I can't really impact my customers that much. I have this, you know, no, no, everybody, if, if you don't impact the customer, then you impact someone who impacts the customer. That's why you're on the sales team, okay? How have I impacted my customers, my team and organization and myself? in some small way today, how, how have I helped so, those entities? And I mean it for myself too, because we all need enrichment in our work too. How have I helped move it forward? Maybe I just, maybe I cut four feet of red tape for somebody today. 
Maybe I just eliminated some red tape or, or came up with an idea and helped somebody out of a out of a sticky situation. That's okay. If that happens, you've had a good day. And leaders have to build that atmosphere in yes. their organization where they are where they have people looking for that and striving for that and wanting to, to move it forward. Again, there are times when firefighting is called for. I mean, we all were firefighting last year, right? And, and you're still going to be firefighting at some point. But you've got to get out from behind that reactive thing and get into the proactive thing. Um, easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, all of the points that you've uh, mentioned are just so important. And I know that you also want to touch on uh, some of the, the keys uh, of, of importance of training, because as you mentioned earlier, there is a, a lot of, there are a lot of organisations, I should say, that are experiencing worker shortage. And in fact, a few of my colleagues who are involved in the HR industry, particularly over in the US, are even talking about what they're calling the great resignation, because many people are thinking, well, I don't want to go back to work and work full time. We've experience a, a hybrid, if you will, of working at home, or I would like to start my own business, all these different things. A couple of things that I wanted to, to mention on, and I'd love for you to, to spend a little bit more time in investigating this as, as we're nearing the end of this interview today. Um, mm -hmm mentioned that, you know, everyone in the organisation should start to look at themselves as salespeople, you know, influencing because, you know, you may uh, you may do something that eliminates red tape that enables someone else to get a, a, a quote out quicker to, to a customer or deliver a service or a product with even more, um, you, you know, speed or whatever that ultimately impacts customer satisfaction and referrals. So we need to do that because our teams may have shrunk and we may not be able to get as many people on the team. Would you say that it is important as even now um, organisations, no matter what size that we're at, I know smaller businesses, we tend to be a little bit more multifaceted in what we do across the business, but that the people that we hire are not just, this is one role that you do do, but you have a capacity to be able to also shift and support other, you know, areas of the business, which may fall, you know, within the, the aspect of, of your, you know, the, the, the team, the, you know, the, the as you said, silo, no, but there may be like marketing. So you're not just doing one aspect of marketing, but a number of different things. I'd love you to share some ideas and some thoughts and things that you're seeing in the workplace. It's, it's a very compelling question that you pose. And um, I, I, I think what comes to mind most is for an owner, an entrepreneur, an owner, a leader, uh, a company, if you will, to figure out, okay, we had it really good. We had a really good product in, you know, and, 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 and demand and all this kind of thing. And now, well, we've got this product and, you know, we've tweaked it, we've done whatever, but we don't know about our demand anymore. We don't know, you know, now supply chain problems come into the issue. Um, how, you know, scratching your head, how do we get our product to market the way we used to and have it look like it used to do, it used to look, smell like it used to smell, taste like it used to taste with less hands on deck? You know, how do we do more with less and the way not to do it? OK, the first I guess the first thing I would say is how not to do it is what I'm seeing a lot of today is because of the labor shortage. There's this rush to put a body into a place. Just put a warm, breathing body in there and we'll get the staff back up and then we'll be able to get our, our product back. That was so great before COVID. And then we'll be fine. And let's just get some bodies in there. Well, guess what they're not doing enough of? training and development and coaching that person. I mentioned it earlier. You may be bringing back people that were in your organization before, 
But that organization has changed, the market's changed, your product's changed, your delivery's changed. It's all changed. So they're like a they're like a veteran, but coming into a new, you know, to fight a new war, right? Yeah. You know, it, it'd be like bringing a revolutionary uh, uh, revolutionary gun that, that someone carried up Bunker Hill and bringing it to World War II on D-Day, right? It's not going to do, it's not, it's not, you know, taking time machine soldier going, I'm ready to go. Well, <laughs> I've got a flintlock. Okay. Yeah. Flintlock used to work really right. <laughs> right. Or whatever. So, right. Yeah. And so we throw in. So uh, let's just get bodies in. Okay. We're not code. And then, and then what happens is Anne Marie, and, he, and here's the crux of it. The customers are feeling this now. I wrote something recently on social media and I, I wrote it with as much kindness as I could, but you know what? I'm not getting a lot of really enthusiastic service, whether it's, you know, and I don't want to name any industries, but it's kind of across whether it's retail. Well, I guess I just did name it, but retail or sometimes hospitality or whatever. And that, that's kind of what I'm trying to help here is it's one thing to be short staffed because that's that's the that's the wallpaper paste right that oh it's we're short staffed you know and that excuses a lot of things and then you get this receipt there that says suggested tip i actually saw one the other day that said suggested tip and it started at 20% wow. it was 20 30 and 40% and it was lousy service it's one thing to say we don't have enough bodies but it's another thing to say we don't have p bodies that are engaged, interested, talented, or trained. You see, so uh, for all the leaders out there, you know, you have to staff up. I keep hearing this: we got to staff up, we've got to bulk up, we've got to get. You know, that's great. But you you wouldn't throw an athlete on a field without a day of practice just that to, to say they they're wearing a football helmet and pads and cleats and they're ready to play football. That doesn't make football player what you have is a kid standing there with football helmet and cleats on there can't play football or how about somebody here kid grab a tuba join the marching band yes i don't know anything about tuba doesn't matter we just need somebody to look like you do i you mean know, we yeah. have this halftime show and we need somebody to be the end person to dot the t or dot the i so that you're it and i don't know the tuba we'll just stand there and pretend you know that's not good enough that doesn't make them a tuba player it doesn't make them a band member you know so we do this in business all the time just get bodies in there we're not training we're not working and I, i'm not just shilling for training i mean we know how important it is training and coaching and upskilling and what all these fancy hr words right what it is is getting people up to speed and and I, I, again i'll pose a question that maybe you can visit to some future guest on this show is it better just to have someone out there on the floor that's going to do you harm with their lack of knowledge, their lack of understanding about your product, their lack of smiling, their lack of customer service? Is it better to have that person on the floor taking care of your customers or attending to your customers and not taking care of them and have customers leave and go, well, that's it. This, this isn't the place it used to be. Okay, we're not coming back here, Martha. We're just not going to. Or is it better to have maybe a few less people, but be more selective with better people yes. that will then that will then cross train others and and pick up the speed and and kind of elevate the group? You know, yeah. um, I mentioned bumper sticker before, Emery. I, I I love debunking this one. Right, rising tide lifts all boats. Mm. No good. <laughs> a rising tide lifts all boats only if the boat is waterworthy. Only if the boat doesn't have holes in it. Only if the boat can hold, you know, can can be buoyant. A rising tide lifts all the other boats. This boat stays 
with the water in it, it doesn't go anywhere. So that rising tide lifts all boats, I think, is a bunch of bunkum. You've got to have a water-worthy craft in order to rise at that tide. And a lot of people are thrown out onto the floor. They're not water-worthy yet. So I, I would I would say to, to leaders and owners, I know the job market is tough out there. But is it better to have someone there who's not as, as capable or, as, or you don't invest in anything? You know, people don't pick up the stuff by osmosis. You know, they don't just show up, like I said, be a tuba player, a football player, you know, whatever you fill in the you fill model, in the- what, what is modeled to them. And if nothing is modeled to them and shown right. how to do a good job, they yeah. will fill in their own narrative, won't they? And and how do I, behave in a way that they think and yeah. How do we want you answering questions when a customer asks us a question? I, I, I you know, one of my frustrations is when I ask questions these days, the employees don't seem to know. Now I'm cutting a lot of people slack. I'm going, well, you know, obviously this isn't their their life's work and they've just been, you know, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I don't talk and, and act like this in front of them the way I am on your show. Cause I'm so animated about it. So I, I do cut the slack, but I don't think that a shortage is an excuse for bad service or bad attention or, or uncaring employees. See, that's, that's the thing people confuse. And I, and, and I do have friends that'll say, well, Gary, now, you know, the labor shortage. So I, I don't, I don't know that that has anything to do with an uncaring employee. And it, it shouldn't. You, you, I would say that if uh, if you went to a, we'll, we'll, we'll say hospitality and there was a shortage mm-hmm. and there may have been a, a longer waiting time, imagine if the person who was your server was was friendly, was helpful, came and, you know, those kind of, that experience, we are forgiving, aren't we, for certain things. But if every single interaction is so rude, that experience and and the the compound effect, if you will, will be what we take away and what will base our decision to whether to go back or not. There were many shortages on my recent business trip that I just returned from this, this afternoon. And in some cases, you know, and I noticed not only myself, but I watched other customers. Because to me, Anne-Marie, when you do what I do for a living, the whole the whole world's a Petri dish, right? So I'm kind of watching what people do, how they react, the voice tone, body language, all that stuff. And I saw people, when they were treated nicely with a reasonable explanation of a shortage or a time delay, they were okay with it. It's like, hey, we're all in this together. This was a this was a world event. It knocked a lot of people off their feet and, and cut them off at the knees, and they're still struggling with that. So most people, now you always get those people up, you know, we don't have time on the show to talk about the fringes, right? Mm-hmm. But most people, if they're treated nicely and there's a reasonable explanation of what's going on, I found those people and myself were much more willing to be patient mm-hmm. and, and not get all feathered up. When there was no explanation or a lack of explanation or someone just said, oh, it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID, everything, people, they're tired of hearing that. Okay, they've had that up to here and it's going like this. They're like, no, 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 no. There's got to be more to it than that. So, again, I thought, boy, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of training, a little bit of how do we respond to customers because they're PO'd too, you know. I mean, they didn't want it to happen to them either. But but here's here's the thing, business owners. You are going to put a bill, an invoice, or a receipt in front of somebody and ask them to pay for your product or service, aren't you? So you can't you can't want to get full price for your goods and services and yet give them less than full delivery on all the other stuff. You just can't do it. So when a, when a, when a, when a waiter who's done absolutely nothing in terms of information and they're glum and they're not in a good mood and they want to put a receipt in front of me that says you should tip me 20, 30, 40% because you should feel sorry for me because we're in COVID. 
I'm not sure that washes. And I've checked with business friends of mine that say, no, it doesn't wash. Because what you're doing really is you're reinforcing bad behavior. If you, if, yeah. if you do that just out of sympathy, you know, then you're reinforcing bad behavior and they're never going to want to get any better. And and their boss or their leader will say, how are we doing tonight, folks? Oh, great. The tips are flying in. Well, what does that tell me as a leader? I'm going to I'm going to break my arm patting myself on the back because I got a great team. So it doesn't really work like that. And then they go on social media and then they then they. <laughs> What's the difference? But you, you, you I, I just maintain that if people are treated and explain things in a, in a manner of fashion, in a polite and a courtesy way, and it's sincere, you know, mm-hmm. have people on the front line sincere, and not just in person, but also on the phone, right? You know, customer yes. service. You know, I have empathy. I'm sincere. I think people will cut you some slack. But when you start blaming everything on COVID, you know, uh, oh, a supply chain problem. That's why that's why, uh, you know, Sarah or, or Bill didn't didn't come through today. The, no, no, that that does. They're they're kind of far removed from the supply chain. Now, how, how much you know, beating up can we do of the supply chain when the employee themselves, their heart isn't in it? Right. So wow. it's, it's a dose of patience, but it's also the reality of owners not being able to pass that off as, OK, you know, service and that you've you've got to coach, you've got to train, you've got to upskill. Um, and, yeah. and so, so, so important. So, and that goes back to communications, which was your first yeah. point. As yeah. a leader, we need to be able to communicate that mission. We need to be able to communicate what a job well done, the expectations for our team. And again, we, you, you could look at all those different things. You need to prioritise what's the most important for that team, the team mm-hmm. member who's front facing for customers. Um, what resources can you give that team member to better serve the customer? Maybe give them some common you, you know, um, questions that they may be asked. Here's how you would respond to that. And if you can't yeah. respond to that, here's the best response. And that immediately goes to, you know, the the, the, the next chain of command. Um, that's a, that's boots on the ground. ground. That's boots it on the ground. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 well, it, it, yes, it's boots on the ground. And listen, this isn't a chalkboard session where we put a lot of theory up in this conversation and, and people have to figure it out. I'm a very, as you mentioned before, I'm a straightforward speaker. What did I say before? If it doesn't work for the goal of attaining and acquiring customers, then it, it, it's not priority A or B, right? No, I mean, and, and everything drives that. So if you can tell me that you can acquire and retain the number of customers that you need to make a profit, that you need to expand your business, that you need to keep your doors open and your lights on, if you can tell me you can do that without coaching, training, upskilling, um, you know, you used the word earlier, modeling mm-hmm. and, and communicating that to a team. I may not, I may be short staffed, but I'm going to have a staff that's on fire with passion and integrity and honesty. And, and my customers will cut me slack for that. And they'll want to buy from me. And hopefully they'll want to buy from me again and tell their friends about me to buy from me. That's the acquiring and reten- the acquisition and retention of customers. That's the way it's supposed to work. Throwing bodies at a problem with, without any help. As I said, it doesn't make them tuba players or football players. Gary, I know that we've only just scratched the surface. And um, so how can people get in contact with you? What is the best way for them to connect, to find out more, and uh, have you work with them? I'm available on, on social media. My website is is www.trainingforwinners. It's spelled out F-O-R, so trainingforwinners.com. Uh, I have a, uh, a Twitter page. I have a LinkedIn so I invite your listeners uh, and viewers to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn for some further insights. Maybe we can do some work together. Um, uh, my uh, email is gary at 
trainingforwinners.com. That's Gary at trainingforwinners.com. Um, and, uh, you know, good old, good old phone works too. That's right. 925-736-9392. Uh, yeah. I'm located in Northern California, but as long as the airplanes are flying, yeah, I, I can be anywhere <laughs> or yeah. Zoom, whatever. Yeah, Zoom, that's right. We now know that uh, there's a lot more technologies that we can uh, tap into to be able to tap into the expertise right. of people such as yourself, no matter where they're located. Well, Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to share. I think if people just implemented a snippet of what you shared, it would make a significant difference. Um, you know, what, what I will often say, 1% difference can be the difference right. that makes the difference that, you know, has your company be the one that people recommend and rave about to say what quality service even amongst a shortage of staff and all of the other things but um, you know they did everything with integrity and excellence and that's why I'm going to go back and uh, you certainly shared lots of great uh, insights with us today so thanks for coming on the show. Oh it was my pleasure Anne-Marie I'm honoured to be on your show um, uh, you know I'll close with this a customer gave me a nickname once and it stuck and I, and, and I, I told him the other day it, that I still use it. I hope you still use it because you earned it. And he called me their organization strength and conditioning coach. And I really think that's kind of what my role is, you know, um, to be, a, and, I, and I hope in this, in this segment that we had, and, and you were, you did a delightful job uh, emceeing this is that I, I help people in the strength and conditioning areas too. So um, thank you very much for having me on. It was an honor to, uh, to be with you and I hope we can do some more. Absolutely. Thanks, Gary. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series.